The sun is sinking in the west. The cattle go down to the stream. A red wing settles in her nest. It's time for a cowboy to dream. Purple eyes in the canyon. That is where I long to be. Hey there, goat lovers. Welcome to the Goat Lover Podcast. This is Vicki your favorite amateur podcast host. Maybe you didn't know I was your favorite, but now you do. Um, I know you're dying to hear about Thelma and Louise and what they've been up to lately. It's not really much has changed. You know, it's their usual mouthy selves. I did a couple of Instagram stories the other day just so I could share them eating hay after supper because they're crunching it and they're just adorable. So, if you'd like to see them in action, you can go to my Instagram account under um, Rusted Bucket Project. You won't be sorry. I'm going to continue um, the theme, the current theme that you know I'm just kind of uh, immersed in is about identity, but I've got a special guest today. My cousin Anna is going to be joining me, and we're going to talk about identity. Uh, I've got some you know questions to ask her, and I kind of want to hear her take on identity. But I want to go ahead and now, before she gets here, introduce you to her. Um, and then we'll kind of compare how she sees herself and, you know, we'll just see how it plays out. This is all a big experiment and uh, I do appreciate you watching it <laughs> or listening to it. All right, I'm just going to read what I wrote down, just some of the, the things that I, how I think of Anna and how I like to introduce her. Anna is one of the most capable and thoughtful people I know. She's exceptionally sharp and funny, which comes from her intellect. She is just brilliant. She is sunshine and dependability. She is that strong friend. I love talking to her, and there's never enough time to get to talk to her. I just don't see her enough. I value her insights, her opinions, and perspective, mostly because I know she thinks hard and critically about important things. I really admire her strong faith. I love her and her entire family. Okay. Hello there. I have got my cousin Anna is here, and she's ready to introduce herself, and then we're going to go from there. So here's Anna. Yeah, and no pressure to introduce myself when we're talking about identity. Like, oh, <laughs> Who no. are you, really? Who am I? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I'm Vicki's cousin, and I um, am a wife and mom and college professor and personal fitness and wellness coach and... Yeah, I guess that's me. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff, but like, I think that's yeah. how I would introduce myself if somebody were like, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Okay, who are you? Yeah, <clears throat> these are the important things. Those would be the things, I think. That you want people to know about you. Or that like the you wife just and mom. typically, yeah. And that's what you do. So you spend probably 40 hours or maybe more mm -hmm. doing being a professor. Right, yeah. And a fitness coach. <clears throat> mm-hmm. How many hours do you do, like, the fitness part? Yeah, so that's a little less now than it was once upon a time. I would say that's, like, 12-ish, mm -hmm. 12 to 15, maybe. And then the professor. Yeah, that's full-time. That's yeah, full-time. that's a lot. So teaching, prepping, planning, grading, meetings, workshops. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And you were a student for a long time. And I was a student. 
Yeah, I'm so glad that's over. <clears throat> Just finished my doctorate of education kinesiology in, well, graduated in May. Yeah. And that was a three-year? Four. Four years. Yeah. There's times where I'm like, wow, that took forever. And other times I'm like, oh, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. It was get, intense. It, it wasn't. It was intense because people in the program are professional. Like, you're a working professional, so they know that. Mm. And so... It's not, um, you know, like four classes, five classes at a time like an undergrad would be. Um, but, yeah. I learned how to use 10 or 15 minutes of time. Like, before I did that program, I was like, okay, I'm going to need three hours to do this assignment. Like, mm-mm. Hmm. What can I do in 10 minutes? Because that's what I have right now. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, too, because I, you know, not being um, in education, but knowing that a Ph.D. is for people that are, are working and they're this, just trying to yeah, be this program was, I guess not all of them are, but in this program they are looking, they're not looking for um, what's in education called a degree stacker. So like you do your undergrad and then you go do your master's and then you go do your PhD. They want some time between like that master's level work and your doctoral work so that you bring something back to the group. Mm. <clears throat> okay. you know, it means something different when you've been out, doing it and then you're learning you have a lot more to contribute it's Mm -hmm. not just you taking everything in yeah gotcha all right so another question um have there been any changes in like how you see yourself or okay let's back it up barry came up with this question first he said he said you should ask (laughs) of course (laughs) um he said have you ever thought about your identity before, you know, we started talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, who you, who, who am I and who I want to present to the world? Yeah, like, that makes it sound very intentional, mm-hmm. right? And, like, I don't think most people are that intentional about what is my identity. I don't think so either. I yeah. never thought about so it. So I would say no, except for um, that book I had told you about, that Soul Print by Mark Batterson, where... He talks about like different events that happen in your life and how they sort of shape you Mm. into who you are or what you think or how you feel or what you believe or whatever. So that was probably as close as I came to being like, who am I? What is my soul print? Like my fingerprint, but my soul print, what does that look like? Um, Well, talk, can you talk about that a little bit? Like what, what that looked like? Yeah. So, God, that's been a long time since I did that, but the practice of like part in the beginning of the book, they like encourage you to go through and think about times in your life where something happened or you had an accomplishment or a failure or whatever that like you feel like directed you mm-hmm. in your life. And so, yeah, I mean, you can go back into, you know, when people died or when people were born or when people came into your life or when there was divorce or when there was, you know, all mm-hmm. kinds of different things. And like, how did that shape you and where you, went if you went in a different direction because of that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think my biggest reflection from that was not only like oh that's how all these different events took me where I was but was like anytime I felt like I was forcing something to happen like I really want to do this thing but like that wasn't the thing that I was Mm -hmm. supposed to do like the things that came more naturally were the things that were meant to be right Mm -hmm. I think yeah and I agree with that I think that it's um most like yeah it is meant to be but you know there are there is another way of looking at things like um 
people that have worked so, so hard to get to where they're at. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, they were meant to do that. But mm-hmm. it wasn't like an easy thing. Right. It wasn't easy. Yeah. So, like, when I was in when I was in my undergrad, like when I was in college, I mean, you know, you start out with one major and you change it five times. But um, I had applied to this program that, you know, I thought I should get into and my parents thought I should get into and I didn't get into it. And so I had to choose a different major, which wasn't even exercise science. Like my primary major was public policy analysis, which sounds like super boring. But <laughs> uh, it does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I loved it. And in that program, I had to take a, I had like a crossover class into the exercise science department. And when I went back to my advisor, she was like, so how'd you like that exercise science class? I was like, oh, I loved it. Those are my people. Like, and that made me take that direction, you know? So like here I was like beating down the door of this other program that I thought I should have gotten into. Mm-hmm. And when I didn't, I can look back. I can look back because at the time it doesn't feel like that. Right. But I can look back and say, oh, that's why that door wasn't open. Like mm-hmm. that wasn't open for me because this was the, one of- this was the. This was the thing. And I remember you telling uh, us when Sam was going, just starting college, you know, that you've got to find your people. And mm-hmm. that is, yeah, that's a big part of identity, too. You know, the people that you mesh with, the chemistry. It is that's a chemistry so true. thing. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's not, it is kind of like-minded people, but it's also just a, like a chemistry thing. Yeah. Chemistry is a good way. To put it, it is. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to um, talk about James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, that I talk about all the time because I think it's awesome. But in Chapter 2, How Your Habits Shape Your Identity, um, he said the, that changing behavior, there are three levels at which change can occur. You can change your outcomes, you can change your process, and then changing your identity. And the best example he gave on this was... Um, say two people are trying to quit smoking and I go up to the one person I said uh, do you want a cigarette and they say no I'm trying to quit and then the second person I ask would you like a cigarette and he says no I'm a non-smoker I don't smoke so he is already changing his identity saying I'm not that I'm not trying to quit which means I'm still a smoker no I'm mm. I'm a non-smoker mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Kind of like, and the book also talks about, like, if you want to be, I want to be an athlete, then you start acting like an athlete, you know, or I'm a healthy person. A healthy person eats good and, um, or eats healthy, nutritious stuff and is aware of moving their body. Mm-hmm. That's an, that's the identity of a healthy person. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really practical way of saying, like, how to make a change. But really what I hear underneath that is that somebody changes their values. So like Mm. the smoker didn't value their health as much as they did before they became a non-smoker, perhaps, Yeah. hypothetically. Mm. Or they didn't recognize that it was even connected to their health. But once they recognized it was connected to their health and health was one of their values, then that's something I, I can change because I value something. Yeah. But I like the... Like having to state it, like, mm-hmm. you know, changing that identity, the statement right. of who you are. Yeah, you state yeah. it before you before you are really there, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, so I was going to say that I don't really think your identity is what changes so much as your values change. 
So like, like if you, that. I mean, I feel like we raise kids, right? We raise kids to have like these core values and the core values I hope that my kids got are probably similar to the ones my parents wanted me to have, but somewhere on the other side of the world, they might have a whole different set of values that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. guide who they are. So I would say definitely identities change if we're calling it like who we are mm-hmm. like in the moment. But I'm, I would bet that there's not a whole lot of value changes. Yeah. Unless you just learn something new that like, oh, I wanted to value this thing. I didn't even know I should value it. Well, I think like looking at the, a list of values, mm-hmm. the, my, my values have changed. And I think it's just from learning more about, you know, what those values are. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, curiosity and learning, that, that's something I really value and mm-hmm. I didn't before. I just didn't think of it. Right. Just you just weren't aware of it. Right. And then once you became aware of it, it became a value. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just talking about changing identities. So I think that when I first started thinking about identity, um, somebody introduced me or I was thinking about how people introduce me sometimes. And it's usually a veteran, you know, shoes mm-hmm. or retired Navy. Mm-hmm. And I don't always think of myself that way. Um, hmm. I don't, it's not, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm very proud of it, but it's just not how I think of myself now. Why? I don't know. I don't live that. I don't. Because um, it's not what you're doing right now. Right. Right. But it's, it is who, a part of who I am. You know, mm-hmm. it was 20 years mm-hmm. of who I am. Mm-hmm. But, and maybe because I do see some people that are, they're veterans and they are living it. They are immersed in it. You know, like there's. They wear clothing that says, you know, this is what I am, Mm -hmm. and they're very, it's very apparent. It's very obvious Mm -hmm. that they are. I'm just not obvious. And, you know, that's just fine. That's who they are. They live it. I think I would say, because when I describe you, that is definitely part of what I put in there, because I'm proud of that. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if that's part of why, like, people recognize that part of you is, like, First of all, first of all, let me tell you about my cousin, Vicki. She's a badass. Okay. So she's retired from the Navy and don't mess around with her. Wow. I almost cussed right there. Oh, it's, yeah. You can go. You just let it go, baby girl. Um, yeah. So I wonder like how much of it is the person who's introducing you and what like their values are and really if somebody's if somebody's Mm. introducing you they are close enough to you that you probably do share some of the same values but and maybe i feel like it's um it's attached to some expectations too like you they expect me to be to be a badass yeah oh yeah well but you are so it's fair well i like saying that i don't know that i always (laughs) feel like (laughs) you are whatever Mm, ditto there Mm. that's really interesting that is interesting but then you know okay so we can talk about uh, midlife crisis, you know, somebody that's gone from being, you know, working 40 hours a week, maybe very much immersed in what their job was, and now they're 50 or whatever age that is. Mm-hmm. That's not really, that's close to midlife, I guess, but then just not knowing what to do with themselves. Because oh, that's how I, I see it. Because they're, what we're calling their identity right. has changed. You know, they, they're not really But did their children. value, but, okay, so that tests my little hypothesis is that it's really about values but really but they don't know that i mean like i think if oh yeah if you just say okay 
what do I value? Have any of those things changed? No. And then how can I go forward with that? What can I focus on? And, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like you need a purpose. I think it's like a you're missing a purpose. That's what I think happens. Right. You know, because you're not... You don't have a career. You don't have small children. You're not raising you're not raising kids. Mm-hmm. They don't depend on mm-hmm. you for their daily stuff mm-hmm. anymore. Right. And so by purpose, you mean that's connected to doing something, yeah. right? Yeah. And we are very, you know me, uncomfortable not doing something. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. But we're expected to. You're expected to be doing stuff. You're expected yeah. to grit and grind and get shit done. Yeah. yeah. And no matter how much. Like you could have a hundred things on your plate right now. And as soon as you only have 90, (laughs) that feels like you don't have enough to do. I remember somebody telling me like, when you finish this doctoral program, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to need like a month off. She's like, no, you're going to need like six months to like recalibrate that expectation of like, I'm always supposed to be busy. I'm always supposed to be doing something. So Mm -hmm. if we're, if we're saying like that purpose is something to do, what if sometimes that purpose is to have nothing to do? And be okay with that. I know, because you and I would both be having, like, little freakouts. I would have, like, some... Well, I do. I, I mean, I feel guilty because I'm not busy right. all the time. Yeah, but when you think about... And, you know, everybody's midlife crisis would look different, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's all going to... Uh, men and women, I think it looks different. Yeah. Just dealing with different things. But, like, if the purpose is because you have poured so much into everything else you've ever done, like, what if you are just supposed to... Be still. Be still, but you have to have something. Everybody needs a purpose. Yeah. I mean, it's a hobby. Even if it's a hobby, something that you love, you have to have. Mm -hmm. Why? Why am I I getting up? What am I doing? I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, that Mm -hmm. just a basic kind of thing. And it doesn't have to be 90 miles an hour all the time. Right. But if you go back to, like, I was chasing that one undergraduate program that I thought I should get into and, like, if I had not been stopped by the admissions into that mm-hmm. program, would I have ever found my other thing? If I if I just stopped to be still, mm. I might have come to that decision on my own. But in, in this case, it, I don't know. You would think so, but you'll just never know. I know. Gosh. <laughs> what other turns have I missed in this <laughs> freaking road? <laughs> I don't no. know what else you could have done. <laughs> no. I'm not going to think about it. It's in the, past. in the past. Um, well, another one. Okay, this is something, you know, about me that made me think about identity, too. Or uh, So when Sam or when Sam went to college, you know, Barry and I were very aware that, you know, shit was fixing to change. <laughs> <laughs> and um, And we sat down. This was in 2016 when he graduated high school. And just talked about things we wanted to do. You know, okay, mm-hmm. what do we want to do mm-hmm. next? And I didn't remember this. Barry reminded me. But he said, he said we said we want to be adventurers. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to go and find new places, go camping, go do stuff. And we have done that. I mean, we think of ourselves as adventurers. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just that, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And that's, a, that's part of our identity. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But look how intentional. Look how intentional you were about doing that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like. I think so many people just get so busy, just go, 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 go. And then you do like see that cliff where your kid just went up. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, now, now what do I do? Right. But it's being intentional about. And it's that simple. You know, I mean, 
It really, I mean, mm-hmm. it is. You know, we spoke it and, you know, we started going down that road. Yeah. But isn't speaking it just like what he said in the book? It's like how you say it. Oh, yeah. We want to go on adventures. Yeah. That's our identity. That's who we want Instead to be. Instead of being like, well, maybe someday we could. Like, no. We're going to be adventurers. Adventurers. Mm-hmm. All right, Anna. Okay. So I, we. I just wanted to talk a little bit about people who get stuck or placed into identities. Oh, yeah. Right? So how about, like, the kid on the football team who's always been, like, he's always the linebacker, he's always the lineman because he's so big, and he gets nicknames like Tank and Big Guy. I mean, look at Refrigerator Perry. No, I'm really, like... (laughs) We're old. We're old. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like, I don't want to... So football's over for you. Like, I don't want to be... The big guy, but like that's who I am, because that's what I mean. That's my name. That's what and people call me. And there are some people that can't let that go. You know, twenty right. years down the road, they're talking about oh, back when I was the tank in twelfth mm-hmm. grade, uh-huh. because okay, I gotta have something. Right. They're like, holding. I haven't it. figured out whatever my other thing was, and they probably were never intentional about that, right? Or what? Those I've, are glory days. The yeah, yeah, like those were the. Those were the days. And right. there weren't any more days with something different. Right. I mean, That's you get sad. so like, and in that case, I'm I'm kind of saying they're placed there, but then they accept that identity too. Um, and then the other example I think of is <clears throat> like a, somebody who starts to work out and start to, starts to change their values and they want to be more healthy and they start exercising and they want to lose weight and they lose weight and their body starts to look different and other people in their lives who didn't have those same value changes, they come up against that. They come up against it hard. And mm-hmm. in relationships like husband and wife or spousal relationships, like wh- how do you go through that? And so many times you, you see that they don't go through that. Right. Um, and I think that comes back to having the same values, right? Like when you and Barry sat and said, we want to be adventurers. You both wanted to be adventurers. Yeah. Like one of you didn't say, oh, I'm going to go adventure. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to read. <laughs> I'm going to watch your adventure. I don't know. But yeah. So in that case, like you changed your values, but people who are really close to you didn't change their values. So now what? Right. And, you know, how it might make them feel a certain way, not because of something you did, you know, not right. was that wasn't right. on purpose, but mm-hmm. they're like, well, what does that make me? Right. Like, yeah. you, oh, you're looking so healthy. You know, and there are other things that come with that, too. Like, oh, you look more attractive. Other or people you are going to think you're more attractive. I remember when I quit smoking, you know, you'd have people say, oh, you quitter. You <laughs> know, just kidding. But, I mean, that's, that was an encouragement. No. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, because it's so easy over here. Thanks. Appreciate right. it. You know, I, I sent Anna a list of just questions and ideas that I wanted to talk about. But the last thing I wrote was a list of values. And she's kind of brought that in that, you know, your identity is based on your values. I mean, it, it really, it's very, it's very much part of your identity. And that's not, that doesn't show. Your values don't always show. Like I, mm-hmm. well, maybe, because I, I know you and I can probably pick out some of your values. Things that okay, I know that are important. Hear it. <laughs> I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Um, let's see. What are some of your values? A family, faith. You have a very strong faith. Um, like integrity and honesty. I mean, you know, you are a superstar. Oh, gosh. In just every every um, possible way. You definitely hit. I 
I identify, I identify <laughs> with all those values that you said, and I probably wouldn't have come up with all of those. Um, not the superstar part, but the, the part before that. Um, yeah, I would definitely say faith, mm-hmm. family, compassion. Yep. Like understanding of other people and, you know, making sure the circle stays big enough that everybody feels included and mm-hmm. um, health. Yeah. Yeah. You are very thoughtful. And that's what I said that in the when I introduced you before you got here. Oh, when, you're, tell, when you're telling lies about me? <laughs> Okay. But you are a very thoughtful, thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. You you don't um you don't fly off the handle. Pretty <laughs> much it. <laughs> That's hilarious. You should have seen me in traffic on the way over here. Oh your mom told me about a oh. couple of those. Like you and Barry could hang out together. But um Yeah, I don't know how two people in a car would look <laughs> one bad. has to it I don't explode. know, one has to take over and the other one's like, Oh yeah, we're gonna Um But yeah, I think that I I feel like the core values are always there unless you just learn about something new. I hadn't thought about that, but like you learn of a value that you really hadn't thought was as important to you Mm -hmm. or you didn't, like you said, you didn't know about it, Mm -hmm. but those values are like every identity I think I've ever had. I would still come back and say those were my value values at the time of every single one of those things. Yeah. But I wonder if everybody feels that way. I don't, I don't think so because like our personality types are very different in that um, I think you are very focused. I, I'm not like a, I don't, wouldn't consider myself focused. You hmm. would consider me focused? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Definitely. I'm focused on goats and flowers. I mean, <laughs> seriously, unfocused people don't have a podcast, number one. Well, you know, yeah. I just, that was because it was easy. No. <laughs> I think you, I think you do have focus on the things that are important to you and the mm. values. Yeah. Okay, I agree. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go with that. Okay, good. Um, I don't know. I just think that you're, um, you think you think harder than I do. No, oh, you have I, always I been that way. Everything. Yes. but I overthink. Everything. Well, I, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I worry. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's mm-hmm. like one step to the side of overthinking. Mm-hmm. But um. <laughs> Okay, so we just stopped it and tried to figure out where we were going to go next, and we've decided that this is now going to be a long-form podcast, <laughs> and it could be a weekly long-form podcast. But um, Came up with all kinds of answers. And all then kinds of stuff to think about and mm-hmm. talk about, but um, values definitely shape your identity, and there are some people that, um, you know, maybe they don't even know what their values are, because that's kind of a... Like Anna said, it's an intentional thing. You gotta be intentional about thinking about it and and following through, or you know, following your values, living your values. And we said like you're almost kind of your values. Some of them, not all of them, are passed down as mm-hmm. well. So like, not all of them did you choose, but at some point you were okay with them. Right. You chose, I said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll keep those, or I won't, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. So good. Good Thank talk. you, Anna. Good talk. Thank you for having me. You're the best. It was so good. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all next week or the week after or I don't know, whenever Anna comes back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was yesterday. Um, and thanks to my cousin, Anna. That was, we enjoyed that. Um, it was just a great conversation. And, you know, it was the first podcast with a guest and having two people, you know, the back and forth and not really knowing how that was going to go, but 
it went great for us. Um, and, you know, I'll always enjoy talking to her, and I'd absolutely have her back every week <laughs> to talk about a number of things. But after listening to it a couple of times, um, I do realize that I think I, I, I am in the middle of a no-shit identity crisis. <laughs> oh, wow. Ain't that something. But, you know, it, it totally makes sense. Just for what's happened in the last three years to me and my family. My brother died by suicide in March of 2021. And I immediately moved here. And Barry started commuting from Omaha. So our world was turned upside down. But, you know, we keep moving on and we... Um, look at the the beauty that has occurred in those last two and a half years too. There's been a lot of beauty. There's been a lot of positives and growth. And um, but you know it totally makes sense. I'm in an identity crisis, trying to figure out who the hell I am, where I want to go, where I want to be in five years or ten years, twenty years, where I want, where I see the family. Um, you know those are. Those are big questions, and they are worth asking, and they're worth thinking about. So we'll keep thinking about them, and um, I appreciate y'all listening and hanging in there for almost 30 minutes. Good grief. That's awesome. Maybe. It's awesome. Yeah, 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 it's awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to um, finish out the song that we uh, started out by my brother, My Rifle, My Pony, and Me is my all-time favorite song of his. It's the first one that I ever heard him sing after he had kind of taught himself to sing and play the guitar. And um, it's an awesome one. So I hope you all enjoy it. We'll see you in a week or two. And uh, it'll be a surprise what we talk about. See you later, goat lovers. Purple light in the canyon That is where I long to be with my three good companions, just my rifle, pony, and me. Gonna hang my sombrero on the limb of a tree coming home. Sweetheart, darling, just my rifle, pony, and me. Whippoorwill in the willow sings a sweet melody. Riding to Amarillo, just my rifle. No more cow, no more cows to be roping, to be roping. No more stray, no more stray. Will I see around the bend, around the bend? She'll be waiting, she'll be waiting for my rifle, pony, and me. For my rifle, my pony. And me.